Part 3 Grace I Ching 22 Day 289 Waiting for results The days we hear bad news, we both cry. Our heads fill with awful decisions and contingency plans we may have to make in three, six, twelve, eighteen months. Then two, three, four, five, six days pass, and we are both still here. here. The clockwork of our lives resumes meals, showers, TV, sleep. I ask Bruno reflexively, how are you doing? What I mean is, can you feel yourself dying? This time the news is good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we cry anyway. Day 316. After Bruno's negative scan, and I mean negative in the most positive way, we assume the best. The immunotherapy is... Working. The cancer is... Not progressing. And can it be true my love is getting... Better. Yes! Bruno's clinical trial doctor gives him permission to skip a treatment, and we use all our frequent flyer miles to travel... First class to Paris! Where we meet... Patrick and my fiancé. Amy. Meet the newest member of the Luchuan family, Amy. The smartest, strongest, most compassionate Texan I have ever known. She's also an Iron Man. Iron Woman. She's getting her PhD in... Public health. She's a scuba diving instructor. And a veteran beach patrol babe. Go big or go home, I say. The night we arrive in Paris, we celebrate Bruno's good news over Thai food in the 13th arrondissement. How was your trip? <laughs> it was long. Oh. We got a great deal if we flew into Orly. But laid over in Berlin. That is nuts. <laughs> Wasn't too bad, right, Patrick? Horrible. <laughs> How was your jet lag? Not too bad. When we got here, we went for a run along the Seine. Oh, a run. How far? Oh, you know. 13.3 miles. Oh, What? My. We're in training. <laughs> mm. oh. oh, here it is. Yeah. Hey, now, that's my top It's just a meal. But look at the light in their faces, the aromas, the colors. In the aftermath of our near destruction, we French insist on living for the moment. Joie de vivre. I am not worried about time right now. I am filled with joy. The next morning, after a good night's sleep, we pack the car and set off towards Brittany in heavy holiday traffic. <laughs> it takes two hours to get beyond Paris, and there are huge lines for the tolls. I didn't say I wanted to waste my time. It's a zoo at the rest stops. But we have to stretch our legs. And have un café. Finally, after nine hours... And 35 minutes... We arrive in Douananes. Exhausted. Starving. And pretty darn cranky after being cooped up at that ridiculous European SUV with your new family and all their baggage. But when we arrive... Mama! Bonjour, And another Luchuan family celebration begins. I have been coming to Brittany to visit my mother-in-law Nellie's house for 12 years. The first time I came, I knew I was home. And right now, it feels like the most precious place on earth. Bruno's son, Erwan, arrives the next evening. 
And everyone settles into their vacation routine. Patrick, Amy, and I exercise, cook, watch movies, and read while Bruno and Erwan play and play and play. Over the next 10 days, Bruno's cousins and oldest friends show up to visit. He soaks up all their love. It's perfect. Corey won't admit it, but despite Bruno's good results and great spirits, she's worried. He's so cold. Ah, it's a side effect. Nothing stops Bruno. The man even impresses me. I'm so accustomed to having music in my life. At home, Bruno plays every day, alternating between fiddle, guitar, mandolin, banjo, or whatever he's learning to play for his next project, didgeridoo. And I'm always listening to his compositions, not to mention constantly moving his instruments off the furniture. It's incredibly special and completely ordinary and sometimes intensely annoying. But it's another reason why I love him so. After Christmas and New Year's, we go back to work. Bruno has a film, a ballet, a public art project, two touring shows, and three classes to teach. I have a strategic plan to finish writing for my nonprofit, a business trip to New York, and the next production of And So We Walked, scheduled to start rehearsals in Portland, Oregon in March. In February, we travel to Washington, D.C. to attend a performance of Diavolo Dance, Featuring Bruno's music at... The John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. For a man who emigrated to this country at 30 and only became a U.S. citizen at 54, this is Very huge. cool. The following Monday, after the celebratory dinner and the accolades from his friends and colleagues... Day 374. The day you hear your husband's cancer has metastasized, a word you never expected to write, much less accept as your reality. At least you know, said our GP Patty this morning when she called to console me over the news. True, the uncertainty is over. Now, I live in one world, the world where I must learn what metastasize means. For Bruno... And for me. And soon for my mother, my brother, and all our children. Friends and co-workers will know, too. I'm stranded here on a train headed to New York, feeling all the energy and hope drain out of me, surrounded by strangers. Which of them knows the stab of this word? I can't tell. Evening 374. The more death threatens me, the more fully I can express what I have known all my life. My dissertation is called Moment to Moment, an interdisciplinary meditation on the emergence of the musical experience. I am deeply aware of time. I create musical patterns, what most of you would call melody, time-based experiences that express what I can't put into words, not even knowing three languages. But now... Now, time, music, love are all one to me. 
While Corey is traveling for work, I go home to North Carolina, and in a matter of days, I write Carmina Terra, a ballet for Susan Jaffe. I watch two beautiful young artists dance to my music, knowing the worst. We face the future frankly. Here, Despite on this the cancer, train, life, I am course, pledging is to accept death's I am presence. pledging here to live Hold every moment. My dearest Hold while my he dearest is while here, I am here and even, and even beyond. beyond. He she is just in front of me, me on the same, on the same path. path. We, we all are. are. I, I will use love, love as, as a shield from, from my, my sorrow. sorrow. If only I could be that brave person from day to day. But fear and dread have their way with me. Day 381, I write. It's Tuesday at 8, the time I should be walking. But leaving the house by myself is yet another hurdle to overcome. Yesterday, I managed to make tea on my own, listening to fresh air to fill up the emptiness. And today, somehow, I managed to get out the door. God, the man's just in California, not dead yet. And hopefully, the next treatment kicks cancer's ass. So why the dress rehearsal for widowhood? Some animal part of me can't help but feel abandoned by God and medicine. The universe is silent on this matter. But... My walk reminds me how infinitesimally small I and my sorrows are. Last spring's cardinal is gone, replaced by his progeny clinging to the same branch. With or without Bruno here beside me, I'm going on our walk. Day 383. So, that's all I can offer. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Today's phone call with the oncologist was not as painful as I feared. I've been kicked out of the immunotherapy trial because of my recurrence. But she says there are still other options he can pursue to give him more time. After half a dozen calls to family and friends to update them. I go off to teach. I never made it back to work. I got as far as Wendy's ate french fries in my car, and then came back home, where I sat on the couch and binge-watched Queer Eye. I want to overcome the suffering, but the tightening in my chest, anger, fear, and recognition paralyzes me. Jeannie, her cancer spouse buddy, texts Corey saying, deep breaths. When I breathe deep, what I feel is my soul. Touching the edge of the universe, cancer, death, loss are all so much bigger than me. My shield, my love, is no match against them. Not today. March 2018, day 386, Portland, Oregon. I'm here directing the second production of Delana's play staying in a really nice Airbnb with a view of the city and Mount Hood. Bruno will arrive in two weeks when we start tech, but after 386 days living with cancer, 
I'm enjoying a respite. For the first time in 12 months, I'm sleeping through the night. I've gone out to dinner, seen a movie with friends. The truth is, I don't want to face what's coming next. Bruno arrives, noticeably weaker, thinner. I take his suitcase and hand him a present, a bag filled with edibles, which are legal in Portland. He scarfs one, two, three down. No matter how bad it gets, Bruno is determined to have a good time. Bruno and I used to tell each other that if we got mortally ill, we would go to Switzerland, that we'd choose assisted suicide rather than suffer on indefinitely. But here we are in Oregon, where 1,500 people a year take their lives under this state's Assisted Dying Act, and neither of us can imagine giving up even one day with each other. But it's incredibly hard to watch Bruno struggle with his pain, especially since we're headed into tech. The crew is extremely sweet, but Bruno is so high, he's barely conscious. Is sound ready? Uh... Bruno, honey, we're waiting on sound. Hmm? Oh, got it, yeah. Sound one, four, five. Hold. What? This fucking disease. Uh, hold. Uh, just need a minute. Just a second. None of us have ever seen you like this before. And we're not sure what to do. You're managing to hold it together. But just barely. Your music is beautiful. Unfortunately, the show's in good shape. But Bruno, my friend, you are not. Back home again, late April, day 430, Saturday. I write. After three weeks of radiation. You are back in bed at nine in the morning. After dutifully making tea for us both at seven. I've been to the local garden sale, bringing back salvia, sage, and helleborus, knowing neither of us is strong enough to dig the holes these plants are bound for. I sit nearby as you sleep, your breathing gentle, and let myself believe in healing, yours and mine. Spring and its exuberant light encourages me, while invasive plants strike terror in my almost broken heart. Day 431. Sunday. Something changes between us now. The inevitability has set in and time begins to slow. We enjoy the moments. My poetry project has become a part of our experience. At first, I worried that Bruno would be upset, but when he has the energy, he reads them himself. I guess it's a good thing you were so jealous of your time. You spent hours as if they were limited and precious, which it turns out they were. I can't fathom your not being with me at 65 or living without you for another 30 years. I don't know how to face this uncertain countdown, whether to try to save or squander the time we have left. Such a tenuous grasp we have on life. The blessing of this is to understand it deeply. For all I know, these could be my last hours too. 
I know you were the best risk I ever took. It's good, ma belle. Day 443. You have never been a good traveler, but today... We are flying to Galveston for Patrick and Amy's wedding. You've had four nosebleeds in 24 hours and only slept two hours at a stretch due to pain. But you won't take... The hydrocodone the doctor prescribed. We're changing planes in Atlanta. Somehow, you summon the energy to hurry. Worrying I'll miss. The plane, even though we have an hour to make it from... Terminal A to D. Your pants leg flaps against a calf that's withered since March. There's no tender banter. Or even tense conversation as we wind our way through the crowd. You are spending every bit of energy. Every atom of consciousness just to get to Texas. In time. Night 446, wedding party. Ancient ritual with canned hits that make the crowd cheer, dance, and profess their love again. Everyone, my brother, Bruno! As Bruno plays, I retreat to the sidelines, see the universe feel the gulf wind lithe bodies dimpled babies tender looks throbbing rhythm the joyous jumping all call out for me to join in but i won't leave my observation post where i see all too clearly that the same night that love begins lives will end <laughs> Day 447. I leave the hotel early to go for a long walk on the beach, then barricade myself in our rental car to cry and write. What do the dying want from the living? Not to be left alone as they face their dying. What do the living want from the dying? Not to be left alone as they face their living. Two faces of the same token, earth and sky, creative and receptive. I walk the beach as plovers pick through sand mixed with their mother's bones. The men who build their temples here know the next storm is on the horizon. Algorithms predict an obliterating wave. Still, they build more, spend more, make more, cover the land. Ignore death and its destruction. We are incessant energy, living scum on a stone ball hurling through space. We invent mathematics, study patterns, predict cycles, and even the inevitable. We all live with dying. We die more each day. We are doomed. Half dead, scanning for cast-off shells on a shipwrecked shore. Day 454, we come home to North Carolina from the wedding with Nellie, Bruno's mom. Tonight, our Dr. Patty told me... Things can go bad quickly. You need to get your affairs in order. Bruno could have three months. Or a year. Either way, you should be prepared. School is done. 
I take family medical leave. Time is all I have left to offer Bruno. But how much time? Months? Weeks? It is so hard to sit and do nothing. <laughs> Choking back tears, Bruno's mother Nellie tells me. I must stay active, otherwise depression. In her Franco-American syntax, I can't tell if this is advice for me or... Her confession. Either way, it's gut-wrenching, we agree, to face our loved one's demise. I can only sit still with Bruno for 60 seconds before I feel compelled to do something. Nelly has more patience. As Bruno naps, she sits nearby him, gnawing her thumb. Whenever Bruno is not sleeping, he plays fiddle. For hours at a time. It's driving me crazy, but... It's my way to pray. At this point, I don't know what praying can do, so... I write. Day 445. My Breton sailors become a wraith. Asleep his face, a skull, sunken eyes, cheeks, mouth agape. Under skin lies bone, under grass, earth to be buried in. I will remember his powerful ass and thighs hair covering his chest and back. Always warm next to me in bed. Every night together I held his passionate hand as I fell asleep. I am still holding his hand when he groans, telling me he has to get up and go downstairs to sleep sitting upright on the couch. He is gone from me now. And I lie awake, alone in our bed, aware that Bruno is alive and also dying, that I am in love and in mourning, that we are here together and we are more alone than ever. Patty calls me again to say, The latest PET scan results were not good. Time has run out. Day 460. Yesterday, we fought about the truth and when to face it. Cancer has spread to his lungs, liver, and bones. But not to Bruno's will. His resistance to death is so fierce. My Gallic warrior wants to go down sword in hand. Wants to stay alive once more time. What do I want? What I can't have? My husband healthy, our marriage whole, our life without cancer. Finally, he concedes. I cannot travel anymore. For the first time in his life, he will miss a performance. Bruno will not go with me to Santa Fe. And silently I can see that I will spend the rest of my mortal life in North Carolina. I understand his disappointment and anger, but I cannot understand why, at this point, he has signed up for 18 weeks of Folfox, followed by Kitruda. A dying man needs to be selfish, to let go of every obligation, including his wife and marriage. Staring out a portal at impossibly blue skies, I am torn between sacrificing myself for you and saving something of myself for a future without you. 
A dying man needs selfless love. I come back home and end our standoff. I understand what you want. To keep living, to keep fighting. We go back on chemo and hope we get approved for compassionate use of Gitruda. My darling, I am here for you. <laughs>